This is the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. We are back. Apologies for the hiatus. Summer kind of got in the way a little <laughs> bit, but uh, yeah. we, we are back. Training camp has started. We're not into fall yet, but it kind of feels like it. Uh, but we are back with a very exciting show. And you're going to want to stick around because we will be joined by the first overall pick, the exceptional Michael Misa in the second segment of the show. So make sure you stick around for that. We're, we were super pumped to do that and we had a lot of fun doing it. So hope you tune in for that. Um, Like I said, exhibition schedule gets underway. We will discuss that. We will kind of give thoughts on a few things we've seen, obviously a little bit tough with not every game being streamed, but a few of them were. So we'll kind of give our thoughts on that. And then, an interesting tweet as we round out the show. I think we'll discuss this uh, from Mike Farwell, a tweet from him on yeah. Tuesday about opening night and sellouts. So we will we will get into that to round out the show. But Colin, what's going on, man? There's not much. Hey, there's definitely pros and cons. Yeah, with that. Obviously, I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, fun week, fun a uh, fun summer. That's for sure. We've had a lot going on and there's a lot of fun things coming in the works as well. Yeah. I mean, we didn't take a hiatus. We were still uh, engaged. That's for sure. Very um, true. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully within the upcoming weeks, there's some big news dropping for Reese and I um, So that's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. And yeah, it's been fun. Jays are starting to get on a heater for me. So that's exciting with the playoffs and the football season starting tomorrow. That's always a good one. Yeah. The, uh, that we had like a 20 betting is starting to come back into the into the scene. Yeah. So. I pick five gets pretty heated throughout the winter. Like it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Because like, well, before the show, legit Reese and I have like a 20 minute conversation about what we're gonna pick. We go in depth about why yeah. it's awesome. Just throw it <laughs> yeah, picks. Right. Because right now the Boston Red Sox are not liking me right now in the no runs in the first inning. That's not a like they just slap me in the face every time, but you wouldn't think the Boston Red Sox. I mean, I don't think they're very good. They are <laughs> not right. Put it out there. Yeah, I wouldn't think they'd score all these runs in the first inning, though. Like, I don't get that. And they're still losing the games. That's the funny part. They're still losing. So, yeah, you know you're bad. Or you know your bullpen's bad when that happens. But yeah, football season's almost here. Roll. I've tried. Were you just about to say roll tide and then you changed it? Roll Broncos. <laughs> oh, okay. Roll Broncos. I was like, I was like, Bama? No, really? no, no. No, no, no. I'm not a Bama guy. Good. Go Bucks. Hey, we both had wins. Very true. We both yeah. had wins be- yeah. week one. Go blue or go home. I mean, who did they even play? As I don't even say the name. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Colorado State. Yeah, yeah exactly. Played, they played Colorado State. Yeah. Yeah. We had Notre Dame at home. Rock, yeah, that's that was sick. That was that was a really cool atmosphere at the shit. Like, it's weird how LeBron James is always there. I get he's from Ohio, but like his kid, by the way, had the visit too with the basketball program. He I saw his post on Instagram yesterday night. That's pretty cool. Those jerseys look sweet. I want to get what one of those or the baseball one. The baseball, the college Mm. baseball jerseys are so underrated. Yeah, I, I want so the Michi- I want the Michigan like cream colored ones. Yeah, those like are the off white. Those are nice. Those are sharp. Yeah, Iowa State has the off like white like that with like the silver. It's not too bad with the red, yeah. the scarlet. But like, yeah, I like those. I think the baseball jerseys are the nicest jerseys over the football I ones. I think they're nice in the football football jerseys aren't that nice. I always laugh when someone says, "Oh, it's a nice football jersey." Oh, this is the color. It's just the color. That's yeah. legit all it is. Yeah, like, like how many NFL jerseys do you look at them and you're like, hmm, I want to drop a bunch of money for that because it looks really nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I, a lot of it's I just, just two tones. Yeah. 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 But I mean, a lot of them are two tone. Pittsburgh Steelers, black and yellow. And obviously the Steelers are like that. Detroit Lions, not that they're relevant, are blue and silver. Ford colors. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I guess I can't chirp Ford on here. I shouldn't do that. But... <laughs> Seattle's on okay. my paycheck. <laughs> I don't mind Seattle. Yeah, Seattle's is all right. Cleveland suck. Yeah, Cleveland makes zero sense. Yeah. Um, those jerseys yeah. are not nice at all. 
Yeah, no, I don't like Cleveland. But yeah, they're gonna have a long year this year, so <laughs> won't be betting them. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, by the way, also too coming off a big golf game on Labor Day at uh, at oh, Mr. Yeah. Golf Club uh, in Ancaster. Fr- big golf game. You know, I still shot nine. Front nine. I had a birdie and three pars, so that's a win for me. My front nine, yay. My back nine, nah, no, nah, that nah. was yeah, it was a pretty you far could- drop off for you. You could sense the difference. Well, my front nine, if we're talking just front nine, I had to really get around. I think I just missed like four or five par pots, like just missed yeah. one off the fringe, which was pretty cool. <laughs> By the way, for the listeners, if it's about how many yards do you think that was off the green? It was a ways. The one that I potted on the par oh, six. Oh, you, oh God, you were. I was in the grass. I was you were, yeah, you were on the approach. Yeah, you're probably 20, 20 yards off the yeah. green. Yeah, yeah, I potted that. I made that though. That was sweet. Then, then after that, whoop, meow. game over. Yeah, just went down. <laughs> game over. Well, it started yeah. with the par six on the ten par. that I birdied. Not a big deal. Yeah, that was sweet. You had a nice chip. You had a nice approach shot. Yeah, that was sweet. I was pumped for that. Oh, it feels so good to hit an approach, like a good approach shot, because I I feel like that's the hardest shot. Like for me, I like that and to keep your driver from slicing. I was able to do that yesterday. Yeah, I forget how I didn't use your driver. (laughs) I don't use my driver. They're overrated. You imagine if I did, like, I actually hit my three wood pretty good. I was going to say, yeah. If you actually used your driver driver for one of them, like on the par six. Yeah, the par six would have been good. I didn't think about that at all. I mean, my driver is irrelevant in my game right now. If I could sell it, I would. If anyone wants a left handed driver, (laughs) <laughs> tweet me <laughs> tweet me you got it oh man all right all right to hockey now Colin. uh exhibition games they got underway yeah. over the weekend it was, it was kind of interesting and kind of nice that they did this but erie saginaw hamilton all spent the weekend in erie pennsylvania playing some hockey man. and like that ice good idea and it, it, was, it was hilarious we were talking about this in the car because i'm like yeah, hamilton bulldogs were in erie Last night, and oh, they're in Saginaw. Why? What? That makes no sense. And then, oh no, it's in Erie again. I just yeah. didn't look hard enough. But uh, yeah, no, that was, that was kind of cool. They were able to get that going. And I know Kitchener they've they've done the showcase before, right? Where they get a few teams in. I think North Bay and Saginaw are a couple of teams that that come up for kind of like a showcase tournament thing. But yeah, it, it's nice to have OHL hockey back. That's for sure, Colin. And uh, we had a lot of it. There was quite a bit of it on Labor Day over the eh, over Labor Day weekend. Yeah, there was a. It was really nice to get it going too on Labor Day weekend. You know, it's always a tradition to see those games. You know, I always you get forward to you look forward to Labor Day just because you get to see that you know those matchups right and uh, very exciting. Um, it was nice and eerie too. Just the ice took a beating. That ice was <laughs> chopped, man. That was bad. The well, it wasn't bad because, I mean, you can't blame anybody. I mean, you're playing three games in three days on that ice. And when I saw when I saw the schedule and I saw that the Bulldogs were going to play on Saturday against Saginaw in the afternoon, I was kinda, that's kind of a head-scratcher because you would think you get more time to clean the ice at night. Mm-hmm. But night game to a day game is so hard to get it prepared for that day game, and that day game just beat. And it was so hot on Saturday as well. It was like 32 degrees on Saturday. Yeah. So – that ice it's tough to hold up when it's like that so i i can see why it happened but really good hockey that's for sure michael misa looked good michael misa looked really good so that's cool and malcolm spence looked good that's exciting to see the young guys and also there's a big trade so there was there was we will talk about that as well as we round out segment number one but uh one of the games that the ohl community the chl community got to watch on tv went down in kitchener Fan Fest day as well. Did you see all the videos from Fan Fest at the Kitchener Memorial Ooh. Auditorium? Like, very good turnout very there good. at the odd. And I mean, they got treated to a six-two Rangers victory over the visiting Ice Dogs. But that was that that was a cool scene to see. I had been to Fan Fest a couple of times, and it was you know it was always rocking. But well, that was back when Jeff Skinner, Gabriel Landiscog, uh, Brandon Maxwell, I think, was the goalie on the Kitchener Rangers at the time. Like that's back right, when man, he, he had back. Yeah, he had some big names there. Uh, but obviously now Rangers are 
on their way to being a very competitive team in the Ontario Hockey League this year. And fans were treated to a heck of a day because that's always an event at the auditorium. Yeah, it is. And that's a cool part of the Kitchen Rangers organization. They always have events like that. You know, like they always have like good turnouts and good events. That's why it's going to be interesting in the final segment today of the show to talk about that because like Kitchener is one of those teams that just does it right. You know, whenever we go there, you know, like it's just the right vibe. Like it's a good atmosphere. It's always right. Like they don't do any wrong. It was almost like a bulldog season this year that we got the experience firsthand. But like business-wise, I mean, they always knocked it out of the park, the Kitchener Rangers. So that was uh, really nice to see. It was nice to see the good turnout. I mean, those fans, right? Those fans are so loyal. I mean, we see in our views how many views we get from Kitchener. Like it's crazy the amount. So that's pretty cool to see how Kitchener comes out all the time. I mean – Summertime, even if that was in the winter, they'd still be out there. You know, like that's, and I know the teams, they really appreciate that. So that's really cool to see the fan turn out like that. And, and I always think it's pretty cool, right? You have your first preseason game. And I think they should do that on opening night as well. Mm-hmm. It, I think that's really cool. You know, you get in there, $5 general admission. That's nice. Yeah. Fi- like I said, final score 60 Rangers. Although the Ice Dogs did lead quite a few categories in this game. They outshot yeah. the Rangers 41 to 33. Power play, they each had a goal apiece. That's no big deal. But faceoff dot was kind of a spot that I looked at. And obviously, the Ice Dogs played a lot without the puck last season, finishing dead last in the Ontario Hockey League. And again, what, what do you read into a preseason game on September 4th? I don't know what, but the Ice Dogs led the face-off category 40 to 26. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the coaching staff, their first taste of the Ontario Hockey League, even if it was preseason. And it just just seems like there were a couple things on their agenda that they wanted to get across coming into this season. And face-offs better be one of them because they got to start playing with the puck a lot more often. Yeah, and face-offs are just a thing as you get older, and that's the one thing the Niagara Ice Dogs did very well, and Darren Dodobler, credit to him, the general manager for the Ice Dogs, where he went out and got veteran centers in those trades. He went out and got veterans that can win face-offs and are proven to win face-offs. I mean, that's that's massive. That's very important. So that's big, right? They really they went out and got veterans. Last year, Niagara, they didn't have that guy that you can put out there. I mean, and this is no knock. This is no knock to this player because this player is going to have a really good year and he's going to win a lot of faceoffs for them this year. But they were throwing out a rookie in Panofemus last yeah. year in big draws. It's tough at 17 years old to win faceoffs like that, right? I mean, you think about the past, like how many 17 year olds can win those draws like that. Like Panofemus was taking draws in October, November for the Ice Dogs late in games. Usually you don't see that until the playoffs where the 17 year olds start to take those faceoffs and get the bigger role, right? Use it. But it's not a knock on him. Very good player, right? But they just didn't have that guy that they could roll that they could flip out there. I mean, when you're last year, last year of the game, the last game of the season, not the last game of the season, but near the tail end of the season when Niagara came into Hamilton and McTavish versus Panofemus on the draws. You know, that's a tough one. That's a tough matchup for Panofemus to go against Mason McTavish. That's very tough. And now as you're older, you're in that – now he's an 18-year-old. That's a big difference as you start to grow up a little bit. And um, me growing up around the London Knights, Robert Thomas was like that. Robert Thomas at 17 in his draft year. I remember in the series against the Erie Otters, he went out there for all the face-offs at home, the matchup against the Strom line, Debrinkat and Radish. That's a big role for a 17-year-old. Now we're Robert Thomas Thomas does. So it's a big learning experience for panel for humans. I'm sure he learned a lot from that last year. So I'm excited to see what he does in this year because he's the one, in my opinion, to watch where on Niagara in the faceoff dot because I think he's going to have to have a massive role. He's going to have to be their guy because Niagara at the start of that game on Sunday looked terrible. It was bad. Mm-hmm. And they played better near the end. They played a good hockey game. You look at the stat department, they played a good hockey game. But at the start of the game, they did not. And maybe that's just getting into the system. New coach, you're going to see that around the league a fair bit. I surprised Kitchener, too, with the new coach. I thought there'd be a little bit of that, but they kind of let him go. They kind of let him play. And then near the end, they kind of did some system stuff. Because preseason, you might as well let them. You got to get First the system. First one in preseason, there. too, right? Yeah. 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 But, yeah, Niagara also had a from, word from a Brandon Caputo. I mean, he was telling me that they've had really good camps there, good scrimmages, like – it's been a it's the most intense camp he saw. So he was at every practice. I think that's a 
good word to have, right? So mm-hmm. that's exciting. That's encouraging news for the Ice Dogs. If you're an Ice Dogs fan, that's encouraging to see that. I mean, obviously, they had a trade this week, which was a big trade, but hey, that's a good trade for them. That's a good trade for them. But and by the way, by the way, shout out, shout out to them at the Armchair GM Sports Network. Yes. Um, the Dog Pound podcast is now the official podcast of the Niagara Ice Dogs. So I just want to give a shout out to to them. Uh, excellent work, guys. You you deserve yeah, Kyle Brandon, Congrats. Um, yeah, they're, they're at every game. Uh, Brandon travels sometimes as well. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, they've earned it. They put in the work. So uh, congratulations to them. Big accomplishment for sure. And I mean, we know how it felt to get on the Bulldogs audio network a year ago. Yes. And it, you know, this is kind of the same thing for them. So congratulations uh, to the Dog Pound podcast, part of the Armchair GM Sports Network down in the Niagara region. Uh, pretty you cool know- moment. Yeah, and especially their first year, right? When it, it was like our first year, it gets cut short. Then you have a year off. You have nothing to talk about. And that's a grind. I mean, those guys grind. They grind it out hard, man. And next thing you know, come back last year, it wasn't a great year for the Ice Dogs. And when you're at every single game for two years, I mean, hey, the start looked really good back in 2019, right? You have Kiel Thomas there. You have Phil Tomasino. All of a sudden, trades started to happen. You drop a lot of games in a row. They were on pace to not make the playoffs the first time since they've been in Niagara. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it wasn't it was a fun year. And it's tough when you're covering a team and it's not successful, right, when the wins aren't coming. <laughs> we know what that's so, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know the what baseball, that's like. But, yeah. yeah, the IBL, we know what that's like. Yeah. Hey, it's hard. It is hard. Like, it's tough, right? Like, it's very tough. That's one of the hardest things to do, and it really makes – it really makes winning a lot more like you appreciate winning a lot more when you go through a struggle. And also I think it's important when you're in media to go, like when you cover a team to go through losing before you go through winning. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And I mean, now when the Niagara Ice does, you look at them, there's a positive, there's a lot more positives going into camp this year. Right. And I think that's huge. And they definitely deserve that to cover a contending team, a playoff contending team. They definitely deserve that. And they went through two years there where there wasn't a lot of positives. Right. And now all of a sudden this year, you you know, you look at Niagara, you think potential playoff team for sure. Not a, you don't want to lock teams in September, but they're in pretty good shape and uh, they definitely deserve that. And I can't wait to see their stories and their listen to their pods about the Niagara ice dogs this year. And to see uh, the positivity coming out of Niagara, and they definitely deserve it. I mean, Brandon, Kyle, they're at everything. I mean, Brandon traveling and that, like, definitely deserving of it. So that's a uh, right on for them and could be more prouder of them. Yeah. Uh, one more know, shout uh, out. Falcons fan. No, I don't know for Brandon. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty rough. Uh, yeah. but, but one more shout out before we chat about that Niagara Ice Dogs trade. I just want to highlight the, uh, the game on the, on the 5th of September on, on Labor Day. At Sadlon Arena, Owen Sound attack, Barry Colts, 5-4 Owen Sound takes it uh, in a shootout. Ethan Cardwell, he puts up two goals and an assist. Bo Gelsma, he scores the tying goal. Yeah. A little under six minutes to go in the third period. He had himself a pretty good game, uh, a goal and an assist. So, you know, all around the Barry Colts, you know, not, not getting the W, but a lot of highlights there for them. And, a year where, you know, we kind of thought they'd be a little bit higher and they thought they'd have a little bit of a better outcome in the playoffs last year with Marty Williamson. But I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of positives for this Barry Colts team coming into this year. And, you know, that not that it's their division to lose because I think North Bay is going to be up there battling out with them as well, but um, they're like Barry's again, they're, they're, they're going to be a competitive team all year long. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Marty Williamson there, right? You know, you're always going to have a competitive team. You know that. It's similar to the Hunters in London, Burnett and uh, Guelph. You know there's always going to be a competitive team when those guys are in charge. They've been around forever, and they know what they're doing. And they have a nice process as well in camp, and that's a nice thing too, right? They co- mm-hmm. and, the pl- and the players know who their coaches are, and they feed off them. They know how to get through to their players, and that's massive. And uh, Barry's always going to be competitive with Williamson's charge. That's for sure. I also, can tell you- also, Gavin Bryant. An assist in the game. Assist, yeah. Yeah, yeah Gavin looked good. On the power sure. play as well. Julian yeah, Fantino uh, scoring his second of the preseason at 15-01 in the second. 
Owen Sound's going to be good. Owen Sound's going to be really good. I mean, Rogers coming out of Quinty, I'm excited about that pick. I liked him last year. A couple of games I saw him play, he looked really good. So I'm excited to see how he looks. Barlow's going to have a massive year. Barlow and Cam Allen are going to be top picks out of the OHL and the NHL draft. That's just a lock. I mean, Barlow, is it too much to think Barlow scores 40? He's going to play. He's going to play, think, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I think you put him around 35, 40 goals. Yeah, I think that's like, safe to say. Yeah, he's going to be good. So I'm excited to see how he looks. I'm excited to see how Gavin looks doing the power play. I'm excited because I think he's going to get more power play time this year, and that's massive, right? When a guy like him, who's a skilled guy, it's important. Skilled two way guy. I mean, I don't want to give him, I want to give him too much credit for the defensive game as well, but he, uh, that's massive for him to get that opportunity, carry the puck around, play in the bumper spot. So that'll be good for him. Yeah. Plus, I think you include Petrovsky into that conversation as well. He had a goal and an assist yeah. in the game following a season last yeah. year. He put up 54 points in 65 games and that included 28 goals. So yeah, definitely, definitely for him, he had that second assist or that first assist. Sorry on the Fantino power play goal followed by Gavin Bryant. But yeah, I, I really like Petrovsky. And like you said, Barlow Bryant's going to get the playing time. So it's oh, and sound, but yeah, they're, they're going to be good. It's the Western conference is going to be good again. And it's, you know, yeah, the West looks good, you know, and barring a Mason McTavish like trade to with an Eastern conference team again, uh, it's, there's a pretty good chance that, the champion could come out of the West, but uh, don't sleep on the Eastern Conference because there's some good teams. Well, but yeah, um, Hamilton's gonna be really good again. Hamilton be really good. Yeah, talk talk about a big trade. We'll get into it now, Wardy, before we end the first segment from the Niagara Ice Dogs. Sam Dickinson goes to the London Knights and signs with the London yeah. Knights within what was it, 48 hours of that 20... trade going down. Honestly, I think the like press conference night. was a couple days after. Yeah, press conference was the next day. So Thursday afternoon was the press conference. Tuesday did the trade happen or Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday the trade happened. So yeah, that night that night he signed. I mean, you're gonna make a trade like that, you know, he's gonna sign. Um, there's pros and cons to that situation, that's for sure. In depth. I mean, I know there's a lot of people talking about how when you get drafted, you shouldn't be able to do that, hold out like that. And, yeah, I can see that. But about three months ago, Dickinson was in a training camp with Chicago Steel. Mm-hmm. So it's either you have a good player in our league or you don't. And I think that's what it comes down to. That's a big one, right? We need guys like right. Sam Dickinson in the league. He's a really good player, and fans are going to see that. That's for sure. Um, good opportunity for him. Really good trade for both sides. London gets that guy that they needed in the – prospects pool i don't think they have that elite guy at the 16 year old level like the rookie so i think that's big but uh it's gonna be good like dickinson is gonna be good and then niagara getting those picks was massive yeah. and then plus the plus the um plus they get the compensation so they get two first next year because they get the extra first so yeah so they big. automatically already get the fifth overall pick in the draft obviously yeah, you can't give yeah. them top four because of the lottery but yeah. Um, yeah, here here's how the full trade breaks down. So Dickinson goes to London. Niagara gets three second round picks. Two of them are for London, one in 2024, one in 2025. Or all three are for London, sorry. 24, 25, and 26. Then they get three third rounders, a 2023 third rounder from North Bay, a 2025 third mm-hmm. rounder, which trade. is London's, and a 2026 third rounder, also from London as well as a fifth-round pick in 2023, also from London. Not that these are going to be very high picks in the second, third, and fifth round, but... Yeah, still a pick. Yeah, it's it, it it's a return you had to get, and for a guy that hadn't played one game in the Ontario Hockey League yet, I, I think that's an acceptable, acceptable cool. return. How many of those picks are Niagara actually going to keep? Because I can tell you, I mean, right now, yeah. we, we both know this. We both know this. If the Niagara Ice Dogs are from sixth, anywhere from sixth and up in the standings, they are going to make a move to try to buy to get better for the future. They're going to do that. I know that doesn't sound right, but that's just the way their general manager operates. I mean, last well, I episode, mean, last yeah. episode, we heard it. Don't believe in rebuilds. Okay. And and so believe believe gonna... in Memorial Cup hosting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So 
I think with these picks, it's a very good opportunity to kind of flip it and get good players for next year. Get the 18-year-olds that are good with Panofemus, right? Because Panofemus' age group, that 18-year-old age group, and credit to Joey Burke, who really established that core, because that core is still there. Those picks are still there. Leonard's there. Cook's going to be there. Yeah. They're still there. That's big. So now you now you establish that core with your 18-year-olds, but look for Darren to add guys that come in from elsewhere that are 18 years old to really establish that. Cause then all of a sudden you're 19 the following year and reach when you covered the ice dogs. I mean, when you look at any good team, their 19 year olds have to be the best 19 year olds and their always have to be the best always in the league to win. That's how that's the way it has to be. So that's a, that's a big move. Like that's something to look out for with Niagara ice dogs. I think in a trade deadline. So I think if you're in the top five, for sure, you make that move six, maybe you could sell an older player retain it for a younger player for the fall for the upcoming season because if you're gonna if you want to host the mem cup next season because it would be next season unless they do back-to-back years in the o because they missed it that could be happening we've saw yeah. that before we yeah. saw that before That's so true. that could be the plan but either way you gotta get better for next year and it's not a ride it out year it's definitely a year you want to be competitive but realistically, look at this roster, and it's not a knock at him, but you don't see Jay Ross contender, but you see playoff contender. Yeah. And if you're going to contend for the playoffs, why not make some moves? Why not make some low-key moves? I mean, we saw that last season with some teams make moves to try to get better for this year. Then all of a sudden, boom, look at the Kitchener Rangers. Yeah, Kitchener Rangers are going to be good. All right, segment one is in the books. Um Good chat all around, but I think a better chat is coming up in segment number two. We are joined by number one overall pick in this past year's OHL priority selection. Michael Misa joins the program. His conversation is next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Devaney along with Colin Ward. Best part of the show, as always, segment number two. We are joined by our guest this week. First overall pick from this year's OHL priority selection, Michael Misa. Michael, uh, really appreciate you doing this. Thanks so much, man. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah. How, how's the summer been so far? How's the, how's the preparation been for uh, for your first year in the OHL? I think it's been uh, great. You know, I had a great summer working out, just uh, trying to get stronger, obviously, and just uh, uh, really help myself for the OHL season. Yeah, perfect. And I just want to quickly, I want to start off, Michael, thanks for joining us. Um, I want to mention your OHL Cup. I want to start off with 20 points in seven games. Not a big deal. That's a nice day at the rink. Um what was that experience like and how grueling is that on the body? I mean, that tournament, it seems like it goes by quick, but it's so hard on the body because you're playing so many games against such high quality teams. What's that like going through that on your body? And what was that whole OHL cup experience like? Uh, I think uh, it was more of like a team effort because our team really came together because we are uh, battled through some adversity through the playoffs. We didn't do that well in our GTHL yeah. playoffs. So, Coming into the OHL Cup, you know, like we just uh, stayed together strong and just uh, had a really good outcome. Yeah, for sure. And uh, any team meetings and stuff go into that? Obviously, it wasn't ideal with the playoff run. Any uh, extra prep going into the OHL Cup? Uh, I think we just, like, after obviously our playoffs, we just got into practice the next day, just fixed the things that, like, need to be fixed so that we we're uh, ready for the OHL Cup. Yeah. And obviously heading into that tournament and playing through that tournament, you know, you hear all the, maybe not rumors, but you hear all the reports. Oh, Michael Misa, this guy is great. He could be, you know, he's in consideration for that first overall pick. How are you able to, I don't know if not focus on it is the right thing to say, but how were you able to tune that out a little bit and focus on actually playing your game? What was the biggest uh, part of your, uh, part of your preparation for that? Well, I think just, you know, coming to the rink every day, I didn't really like, think about all the distractions around me. I just focused on what was ahead of me, which is trying to get the win every game. So that's just uh, my mindset going into the rink. 
Yeah, and going into last season, obviously with the exceptional status, and congratulations by that. I mean, that's a heck of an accomplishment to be there with guys like McDavid, Stamkos, Tavares. Like, that's a big deal. So congrats on that, Michael. But going into last season, was that always a personal goal of yours? And obviously now you're accomplishing that. Was that always a goal of yours going into the season last year? Uh, I think the biggest goal ultimately was just uh, be the OHL Cup champions like that's uh obviously what our team wanted to be in uh obviously with the exceptional status it was uh something that i had applied for so um but the main goal was definitely uh just to be the ohl cup champions and that's what we did and how grueling is that process you hear stories all the time about that process going through exceptional status how was that process after the ohl cup because it happened so quickly Right. Yeah. The uh, process, it took a bit of time, but uh, I wasn't really focused on it too much, to be honest, uh, throughout the whole experience. But uh, obviously, when I received the news that I got it, it, I was uh, thrilled and really honored to receive it. Yeah, right on. Did anyone reach out to you after you get drafted? Did anyone reach out to you that was pretty cool that you didn't expect? Um, A couple guys like that recently got it, like... Uh, Bedard, right? Some of the those guys oh, that reached right out, yeah. pretty cool. So just to be in like a call with them is obviously an honor, and uh, just try to do the best I can. Yeah, right on. Yeah, what well, and while well, watching Bedard, I guess you could say uh, in the summer world juniors, if you want to call it that. Just um, you know, with with him performing very well in that chemistry you saw with him and and Mason McTavish, you saw that early on in the tournament as that exceptional status player. Obviously, you want to win an OHL championship. That's number one on your mind heading into the year and heading into your OHL career with the Saginaw Spirit. But you know, look, looking at a moment like that, just how, how much more does that push you to see a guy like Connor Bedard, who is there's a good chance he's going to get drafted first overall? Just is that that fuels you even more, doesn't it? Yeah, I think uh, more of you. I think it just inspires me, obviously, because. There are such good players. I just look up to players like that, and uh, hopefully, I can just translate what they have into my game for the OHL uh, OHL season. Yeah, perfect. And uh, the selection. So you were in Saginaw when you guys made the selection. I mean, it was a crazy atmosphere there. What was that experience like when you got to Saginaw for the first time? And then that press conference, all the people there. Yeah. Uh, what was that experience like? Uh, obviously, it was a bit nerve wracking at the start, but <laughs> I thought I handled it pretty well, just uh, yeah, with all the did. people there. Uh, it was uh yeah it was a great experience yeah for sure especially when you walk out there and you see all the people with the cameras and the microphones i mean that's got to be the welcome to the ohl moment forget the solo lap that's like hey i'm here now like that's something special for sure yeah no uh i really uh enjoyed uh the press conference and i thought it was a great experience yeah yeah good speech by the way too mm-hmm. appreciate it yeah do you feel like you're a media professional now michael like that you know how to handle <laughs> the media now right well, uh, I haven't really lived that long, but I'm always just trying to get better at that. Yeah, my, so, Michael here with Michael Misa on the OHL and 60 podcast. Now, as, as we near training camp, and like we talked about beforehand, you're already in Saginaw, you're already getting you know used to living in the states and getting ready uh, for the season. But you know what what what's one thing that the Spirit organization kind of you know told you about your game and what was one thing that they said hey maybe start with this focus on this for your rookie season and then then we'll build as the year goes on what's that one thing that they kind of talked to you about i think it's just taking feedback from older players coaches just seeing how i can adjust the league because obviously it's a older guy league so just taking feedback from anyone i can uh get is obviously something i can uh work on it's gonna help me yeah for sure and also, I have another one here for you. What was that like? You go to Saginaw, the facility, for the first time, and you see your jersey in the stall. How was that walking into the dressing room? Obviously, and it's no offense to minor midget, but when you walk into an OHL dressing room and you see the, when you see all like the stalls and like that NHL type dress, like facility, what was that like seeing your name in the stall for the first time? Um, I thought it was pretty surreal, obviously. And like the whole arena itself was, uh, it's pretty yeah. unreal. Like, I just uh, tell the atmosphere is going to be really good in Saginaw. So I, uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. And you met, and when you mentioned that, what was your first takeaway from being in that facility? Anything stand out to you from that facility? 
Um, I think just uh, like because obviously they uh, renovated a bit and yeah. um, just the whole dress room atmosphere part was pretty sick. So, yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. That's for sure. And, I, and I'm sure you've seen highlights and videos from previous years uh, when the Saginaw Spirit were dominating in, in the Western Conference. They're near the top of the West in, in recent years. And, you know, kind of that Cole Perfetti era, I'm sure that gets you even more fired up uh, to be a member of this organization, especially when you consider uh, that rivalry with the Flint Firebirds. Yeah, obviously, um, there's been so many great players to play for Saginaw. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to make the same impact, hopefully, for the uh, spirit yeah and and you've had a few teammates from the mississauga sends team you and malcolm spence one and two how cool was that to experience the draft teammate. yeah it's uh pretty cool because i've known him for so long he's played on my team since i was uh pretty young so the csgo one and two is obviously pretty cool yeah right on and also uh going into your Going into your first OHL season now as a 15-year-old, how how valuable was that to have your brother, Luke Misa, who's currently with the Mississauga Steelheads? How valuable is that to have him right there uh, by your side throughout the summer? Yeah, it helped me a lot. Obviously, just like working out with older guys, just pushing me to be better on the ice. And uh, he obviously taught me some stuff, too, to like know about the OHL. So, it uh, yeah, it really helped a lot. So Saturday, October 29th, by the way, and Monday, February 20th, those are the dates you and your brother will face off Mississauga Saginaw. Do your parents have like the split jerseys or something ready to go for that? Because that's going to be a special moment for you for sure. Yeah. Obviously I always do come to the games, but I have no clue about the Jersey situation. <laughs> you got anything planned for your brother for warmups or something? What happens if you got to match them up? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Not even, <laughs> not even there yet. I'm just focused on training camp to be honest. So we'll, we'll, we'll see when that yeah, teams happen. Yeah, that'd be a good answer. Yeah, love that. Um, my, Michael, what what are your expectations for yourself heading into this year? Obviously, you've seen your brother. You see, um, you know, you've been around kind of, and he, like you said, kind of taught you about what to expect, what the league is like. But what do you, what are the expectations for yourself? Like, what have, what kind of goals have you set for yourself heading into your rookie year? Well, I'm just. To be honest, I'm not trying to put like the most pressure on myself, and uh, like I said, earn, uh, learning from the older guys to help me uh, play uh, is obviously something I need to do, and just uh, try to have the best season I can with my uh, new team. What type of play style would you say you bring to the table? Um, well, it's whatever my coaches or people around me need. Just uh, whatever like role I can fit, I'm uh, do my just do my thing on the ice and. So ask for feedback anytime I need it. So, perfect. Yeah, I think I, I think that's more. the biggest thing for for young guys, right? Is is about the feedback, and you talk about you know learning from the older guys, and that's kind of what the organization is setting up for you. Obviously, you're entering the league one year earlier, but you know who who's one guy that's kind of you're looking forward to playing with? One guy that you know you expect to learn a lot from. Uh, I think most of the guys on my team are obviously. Uh, all gonna help me in some way and um i just have to get into training camp get to know the guys a bit better and uh see where it goes from there yeah for sure also uh, i always like asking first time players this going into their first ohl season what visiting arena are you most excited to play in uh pry london because uh they got the one of the best atmospheres as well just being in front of that many fans obviously pretty surreal so Perfect. All right. My final question for you, Michael, who would you say the biggest influence of your hockey career has been so far? Uh, biggest influencers, probably uh, my brother or my uh, son's coach that I've had, Chris Stevenson. You know, he's uh, taught me basically everything known along the way. So he's been uh, basically my number one guy to go to. So Perfect. Yeah, and, and Michael, we we ask all our guests this kind of as we, as we wrap things up, you know, entering as a as an exceptional status player. So, you know, a little bit earlier, but what's what's one piece of advice that you that you're going to meet kids around the rink? But what's one piece of advice that you give young hockey players? You know, seven, eight, nine years old. What's one piece of advice that you could give them 
uh, as they try to make it to where you are right now? Uh, I think just don't get too high with the highs and don't get too low with the lows. To be honest, you got to keep like that same mentality going through the season. Yeah. How, sorry. How important is that to like, not check out like the media, not paying too much attention to the articles and stuff, because obviously with all the buzz you had with the exceptional status and all the rumors and all the talk, how important was that for you to block that out? Especially near the, especially in the OHL cup. Yeah, absolutely. Just trying to block out all the distractions around me and just focus on my game was probably helped me a lot and like where it got me today. Yeah, and honestly, that's a that's a, that's honestly a skill. Like that's a valuable skill to have, and I and I'm glad you suggested that because it's especially now in 2022 with all the social media and all the cameras, everyone has a phone. It's so important to block that out. And is you want to be a professional hockey player? Unfortunately, there's so many news that come around with it, right? So that's so important. So I'm glad you mentioned that because it's so tough. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, Michael. Uh, we really appreciate you doing this again. We we're as excited as anybody, especially in the city of Saginaw to see you get on the ice and suit up for the Saginaw spirit. So again, we really appreciate you doing this and the best of luck to you in your first year and in your entire OHL career. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That was the first overall pick from this year's OHL priority selection. The exceptional Michael Misa joining us on the show. That dude's ready to go. He's got his Saginaw yeah, gear going. Got he's got a sweet background behind him. Like he's he's ready to go. Yeah, at the facility. Like, and you can tell the young guys when they come on our show because they always come on with like the golf shirts and stuff. Oh yeah. Like they always do that. I think that's why we gotta start like having it on the YouTube page because yeah. the players that come on, they always come on with like the nice golf shirts and everything. You got the backgrounds. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty and then, and then, and then and then we get Bryce Montgomery, who was a great guest. He's lounging back. He's hanging out, having, you know, he's in a oh, hoodie. Like, <laughs> yeah, just hanging yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, you can definitely tell. But, yeah, I mean, that that's what that's what makes it really fun, right? You get the guys that mm-hmm. just lounge back and they have the conversations. And then, you know, you get the younger guys, those rookies. And we kind of saw it with Panofemus and Ty Nelson when we had them on that, you know, they're, they're obviously – they're getting into the league. They got to get used to another part of the game, which is, you know, doing interviews with people. So first just, time with media. Yeah, exactly. And, and Michael Misa, I'm sure that was overwhelming. Like in Saginaw, it's first like, Ooh. Holy crap. You don't you see that. See the... You see it kind of with teams in Ontario, Only but I don't think you see it on that kind of a level with the, like the Saginaw spearhead. And yeah, obviously with him being an exceptional player, it kind of adds a little bit more, but. Well, I don't think we've had a. I don't think we've saw a press conference like that since maybe lot when Sudbury took Musty. It was pretty full in yeah. Sudbury, but the McDavid one almost matches. Like the McDavid one in Erie was packed. That was crazy. That's on. It's pretty Those close. American the media one people is, know know what's going on. Oh, yeah. Like some of the like saginaw was awfully close to what that eerie one was like it's a big deal right mm-hmm. for the saginaw spirit to have the number one overall pick especially a franchise like that who has been so consistently good like since coming mm-hmm. in the league they've been always pretty consistent like maybe once once every five years they don't make the playoffs but majority of the times they're in the playoffs mm-hmm. and i mean conference finals two to three years like they were going in 2020 they were going to the conference final if oh it yeah wasn't the yep. season, they were going to the conference final like it would have been two out of three years. Like, what it, what it's city, what a, what an organization. I mean, he's gonna love it there. Saginaw, Saginaw Flint games are gonna be awesome. The Saginaw Flint games will be a blast for him. Yeah, well, and I think it, I think it helped the Ontario Hockey League in the state of Michigan. The fact that Saginaw and Flint were really good at the same time. Like you talk about it, we had our tickets booked. We were ready to go to Michigan for a Western Conference yeah, Finals we game. Like it was. It, it we were we had bags. Okay, I had bags packed. I don't know if you did, but and then <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Packed. I wouldn't say that, but um, it was like it, it was something we were looking forward to. Like we were all ready to go. It yeah. was, but didn't happen. But I think you you look at the Red Wings. They're on the uprise. Had to mention that. You you look at Saginaw Spirit, Michael Misa, owners first overall pick. Like the Flint Firebirds. They've had Brennan Flint Hoffman. Firebirds. They've had Ty Delandria in recent years. Oh. Like Luke Cavillan was a stud this year for them. Like hockey in Michigan is 
pretty big deal, especially when you talk about the Michigan Wolverines and how it's just been announced now they're going to have that big game against Ohio State. Like, no box. They're going to lose in the outdoors on a football field again. I don't know. But um, That's, don't you know what? You know what's nice? It's nice to see Flint and Saginaw being right there because Michigan was always known to being a Wolverines or a Spartans town. And right now, go blue or go home. Go Bucks. OH. Okay. But right now, it's right there with obviously Michigan, what it is. But Saginaw and Flint's a hot commodity right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough ticket to get. And it's very nice to see. I mean, we saw in the conference, we saw in the conference final in Flint with Windsor how packed that was. You can get a seat. The atmosphere there was incredible. So it's nice to see those strides forward. I mean, Jimmy Devilano, Chris Osgood have done a really good job with the spirit ownership and i mean it's right there so it what an atmosphere uh i cannot wait but i was actually about to look what the fall schedule is like maybe we gotta get up there early on in the year somewhere there i was gonna say we're talking about a trip early Things on first open. week of the season we're talking about a trip uh that we've gotten to works right now to start the year yeah i think we gotta go when the wings are there too don't you think wings um, home opener yeah wings home opener is on a to. thursday Wings home openers on a Thursday, then Friday you go to Saginaw Flint. That's yeah, that's tempting. That works. I was gonna say yeah. there's one Red Wings, Wings game Deep I have Montreal. circled on my calendar that I'm going to, and it's most cider bobblehead night. But Ooh, that's Tuesday night. Opening night and then a trip to Flaginaw. Or did I just say Flaginaw? To Saginaw or Flint. Hey, it's all good. I <laughs> would work moments. out just as well. Man, hey, I combined the two. Oh, no big deal. Hey, new word. You know what? They might have a. They might make a specialty jersey out of that. Now, holy crap, that wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad. Hey, be you gotta get the Estro dollar. You gotta get a percentage <laughs> out of that. I'll represent you, obviously for ten percent. Oh, we'll talk. What a blast! <laughs> All right, uh, that'll do it again. Thanks. Uh, Thanks so much to Michael Misa. We'll take a break when we come back. Probably a lot more laughs for the final segment of the show here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Domaney along with Colin Ward. Final segment of the show before we wrap things up. Thanks again to Michael Misa for joining us on the program. A lot of fun. Learned a lot from such a young guy and can't wait to watch him in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, he's already looked pretty good in the preseason, so we're, we're excited to see him uh, as the regular season plays out. Hopefully there's a packed barn in Saginaw for him. And this is kind of yes. where we were leading and foreshadowing from the start of the show is you know, about sellouts on opening day. And you usually see it you know, around baseball, hockey, obviously too, but baseball is kind of that main one where you have a big event for opening day. You're introducing the entire team and you know, just, just the yeah. atmosphere around every ballpark in the major leagues is, is pretty special. And, you know, I was at, I was in Detroit for opening day this year. It was a sold out crowd at Comerica Park for that first game against the White Sox. Javi Baez walked it off against Liam Hendricks. That was awesome. And yeah, then, that was Liam Hendricks just went crazy. Yeah, that was great. Good times. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, you look at it and you know opening day is a sellout. And game two, I was at as well. I don't even think half the stadium was full. Yeah, and yeah, it's like that in Toronto too. Yeah, and it kind of begs the question Mike Farwell brought it up on Twitter about you know the Ontario Hockey League having sellouts for game one of the season and just creating that atmosphere to kick things off for each team whether you have a full house London's gonna have a full house there's well, a good chance possibly. Kitchener does as well um, Niagara yeah. new era for them they might have 5300 strong at the Meridian Center you know 5,000 fans get a ring at the first Ontario center in their home opener. Banner ceremony. So, yeah. Banner ceremony for the championship. You know, that place is going to be rocking whether or not they sell it out is a different story. Cause it's so big, but you know, it's good. It's going to be a good like crowd. Family day just, crowd. Yeah. It just, it just makes you think about, yo, yeah. What do you imagine each team sold out their home opener and just what, what it would be like 
throughout the rink yeah. and what it would lead to throughout the year. Yeah, wins are being packed as well. You know, this is the thing. The baseball, they can afford to have day games and stuff. They have to have day games in the middle of the week to start the season. I mean, next week the, or next year, the Jays home opener. I mean, obviously, it's like 10 days into the season, but it's going to be dry tires on Tuesday. On a freaking That's Tuesday. Tough. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. So the OHL always starting on Thursday. The Thursday night games, I can see. But it would be nice to be able to start on like a Saturday. Obviously, Friday's big. Friday would be really good, but Friday, the time you get off work for a seven o'clock start, let's say you get done work, you get home five thirty, time you get the arena six thirty, a half hour before the game. There's not much you can do. I think it's important. I think it would be really nice to start on Saturday, mm-hmm. just the just the opening week, just the opening week, and it's only one game, one to two games for most teams, right? That they're gonna miss one home game, and I think that's important for the home opener starting on Saturday. You can have the four o'clock starting on Saturday. And then you can have that fan fest like Kitch- like we saw in Kitchener. You can really afford to use that use the facilities they have because Kitchener has a lot of space to do a fan fest. London, you can see something there. There's a fair amount of play- Hamilton would be tough. Niagara, you could. Niagara, you could. Like yeah, they've be done lot- it before. Yeah, you could. They have- blocked off the parking a lot, a few times Osh- before to have a tailgate party. Oshawakin, Windsor yeah. could. Windsor in the playoffs Windsor definitely was spectacular. Could. Windsor yeah. in the playoffs was spectacular. Like, I think that is important. I think Owen Sound could as well. But, like, those are just places where, like, I think it would be big to start in the afternoon. Have your home open in the afternoon. It can allow you to have a festival. Because, mm-hmm. we like, a Friday night's too tough to go early to a game. It's hard. People work, and, you know, it's tough. Like, it's tough to get off work and go to a hockey game now, right, and do all the pregame stuff. It's more after the game. I So that's why I think. Saturday, Sundays for a home opener would be very good. Also, giveaways are important. Mm-hmm. Giveaways are important for the home opener. I mean, you look around the league. Some nights, the some places, the home opener is really nothing. There's nothing. Like yeah. you know, there's not. There's nothing. Yeah, like you get you the anything. you get the pretty typical giveaway of a magnet schedule, which I've been collecting for many many years. Yeah, from yeah same here. Um, but I mean, and and not every team can do a replica championship ring, obviously, but. Just something like like get rally towels going for game one of the year. Yeah, or t-shirts. Yeah, Hamilton Bulldogs t-shirts were incredible. Those were nice. Yeah, um, Spitfires did towels in the playoffs. Towels. Like, yeah, yeah. Do do something. Also, I wish they had like pucks they could have for giveaways. I mean, pucks are kind of expensive with the crease, but I wish they could have like the date. We see this within the NHL a lot. How. I know the Red Wings always do that for their home opener. They have the date of the home opener. And they have the two logos of the teams. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. Like the OHL championship pucks. I think that'd be really cool to have where mm-hmm. you could have the dates of each team and do a giveaway to the first, what, 2,000 fans? Yeah, 2,000 would be good. There's a lot of money to get pucks away. Yeah. But that uh, that would be something that would really get fans in. I mean, that's more of two. With pucks, I would want that to be for the first – Two, like first 2000 kids like that's a big one i think kid giveaways are more important too for the league i think that's something that yeah. a lot of teams should do more of i don't think there's a lot of kid giveaways yeah there's some kid draws and stuff you see kids clubs but i wish they had like how baseball has kid, junior j sunday you know this high years always give away mm-hmm. like yeah they just gave away uh, javi baez lunchbox to, i think yeah uh, i don't know how many kids it was but you had to be under 12 years old or something like that like yeah yeah. So the first, 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 a thousand fans from get a, you know, get a poster, get a team poster That's That'd be big, cool. or a pack of hockey cards. Yeah. Hockey cards would be oh, big. Speaking from someone Home who collected fingers. hockey cards. Same here. Like, that yeah. would, that would I'd be, be all over cool. that, man. Yeah. I can tell you right now, one of the coolest stories that I have is when Patrick Kane was in London. I remember it was a Philadelphia Pittsburgh exhibition game. My dad and I sat like the second row beside the tunnel where Pittsburgh came out. And, like, I remember Jordan Stahl played, Mark Recchi played, but the cool part was about that year, they, uh, the London Knights were in the parking lot signing pregame. So Sam Gagne was there. I got his autograph. Steve Mason was there, got his autograph. Coolest nice. one. This is the coolest collector's item. And I know Matty Rowe is going to love this. I know he collects cards. Patrick Kane signed Chicago rookie card. That was That's my that's coolest cool. one. Yeah. yeah, like – 
that was honestly the that wasn't even a lot of nights game, but it was the coolest event I was at all that year. Like that was a big deal when you grow up. And I mean, obviously, massive fans growing up in, in OHL, and I think that's very important to have kid giveaways. You gotta get kid because I can tell you right now, when being and I mean, it was pretty cool. The last episode, right, having Taryn and Dobler on, he worked with my dad here in Delhi. I mean, they ran it. They ran a nice shit. Like it was a nice business. I mean, they did really good, but kid giveaways are massive like you get you get like you take your kid to the hockey game it's a giveaway they get a poster a hockey card a puck or something all of a sudden they're hooked they want to go back right they want to go back then parents go and that's a that's how it starts you really have to start drawing to the kid i think that's massive and i think that starts with kid giveaways because everyone likes a giveaway everyone likes a giveaway i mean i always chirp costco as you know but hey you go to costco Every single aisle, when they have the samples on, everyone's all over there. It's a, it's like a one biter, like but it's nothing. But everyone stops and goes to it, right? Mm-hmm. For a giveaway, everyone likes freebies, and I think that's a big one. Where as a team, sometimes you got to sacrifice that. But there's a lot of teams in the OHL that can financially do that. That's why I think that'd be something that you really have to do more of. You really have to do more of, and I think that'd be really cool to see. Like, could you imagine a Francesco Pinelli poster? for Kitchener's home opener or an open or from their media day. Cause it, I know teams are doing their media day this week. Me like team picture for this week, get a team picture poster. You're right on mm-hmm. or cards from last year's team. Yeah. Like it'd be yeah, big. like, like, like bobbleheads are tough. Bobbleheads. Obviously like bobbleheads are once, yeah. in a, once in a, you know, every yeah. few years type of thing. I know the Windsor Spitfires gave away a Taylor hall bobblehead. I think yeah, we had the Mackenzie end whistle one up here. Yeah, um, I think if you bought season tickets for the Bulldogs, you got a McTavish bobblehead, mm-hmm. um, which would be pretty freaking cool. But yeah, no, I'm speaking from two people who are already set to go to Little Caesars Arena on December 3rd to get a Mo <laughs> Cider bobblehead. Um, yeah. It just, yeah, it's it, it's just another part of the game that you you keep fans engaged. I mean, we we saw it in Hamilton all year, minus the crowd hiatus, but uh, yeah. like that that their attendance grew. Like it, it yeah. was bigger. It got bigger as the year went on, which they is understandable with the position that they were in. But they just, did a lot of giveaways, it, it, though. Yeah, it was they. They kept the fans engaged. They kept the fans coming out. They always do deals around the arena. They they, they do like yeah. I mean, this is five dollar beers, plus, but yeah, five dollar beers before the game. <laughs> like it's great just, mini donuts. So yeah, the mini donuts are clutch. Ooh. That's a reason to go there. That just yeah. to get those. And I can confirm. I can confirm because I know somebody who works at the Meridian Center. She's a pretty good source. Um, oh, yeah. The Meridian Center getting those donuts. Ooh, hey, you know what? That might be I the can biggest. Confirm. That might be the biggest breaking news we've had on this show. That might be the biggest groundbreaking <laughs> news we've ever had because I can tell you right now, you can inhale a whole bag of those in no time. Like, ooh. Yeah, those are good. Good work, Meridian Center. Congrats to you guys. Oh my God. Business is going up. They better keep the Thorold Tater Tots. Booming. Tater Tots with nacho cheese, green onion, and bacon. Yeah. Oh, they're they're very nice. Very nice. Yeah. But yeah, if if we could get sellouts in in every building. I think that's big though. That that'd be pretty cool. It's gonna be tough. But I, I think that'd be pretty sweet. I think though promotions is big. I think you have to do a giveaway. I think giveaways draw people in big time and not just your prototypical giveaway because it's changed, right? It's changed. The fan, the average fan has changed. And I think that'd be very important to have a giveaway opening night. That's an actual giveaway that you can keep sick and you'll remember it. You'll remember that. And like pox would be a really cool idea mm-hmm. as long as you don't go too crazy, you know, and you get drinking a little bit and then all of a sudden pucks are flying around. I mean, you gotta be responsible unless they're the foam pucks could do that. I used to collect the foam pucks. Oh yeah. Pucks I got, I got a kitchen Rangers one here. Went yeah. to the odd and bought one one time. I needed one for mini sticks and I saw it there. I'm like, mini all right. Sticks I'm buying it. Yeah. My mini stick collection was pretty sweet. Yeah. We, it was but good. Like, eh? It's but it's it's bad, something like, as we are getting out of it is when the good they ones got the came good in ones. with the curves and everything like and that's just because we had the yeah we had the, the we had the white we ones, got like the, the white plastic ones. yeah so you know what I used to do I used to boil water and uh, put did my you actually curve. yeah oh, God, that's such a Dell move 
I should go look in the attic. I should go look in the attic. That's such a the storage. Move. I'll look in the storage and I'll tweet it out. Holy I crap. definitely have one, but I remember I remember I took the I boiled water, right? And when you boil the plastic, you get that little flex to it. And I remember the first one I curved it almost like a C shape. I was like, oh no. But it was a nice shot. You really corral the puck. Toe drags. Yeah. But uh that kid that just toe drags everybody and mini sticks, but like I got a really nice curve. I got the Pavel Datsuk curve on the one. Boy. It was like almost flat, but I got it expanded, so it was cool. Because I used to look up hockey sticks from the wings, right? Because obviously mm-hmm. you know I'd be a wing, wings fans. Look at your favorite team. So I had Datsuk's curve, Zetterberg's curve, and um, Lidstrom's curve. There's someone mm-hmm. else too. I'm just forgetting. I'll look through it because I wrote them all down. It was. Cool. I've got a stick with Lidstrom's curve that I still play with. Like play, play shinny with. That's sick that they still make it. But uh, we got a couple minutes left, Wardy. We are going to kind of preview teams uh, heading into the year and kind of what we're looking for out of them. But obviously we've run out of time for that. So that's a next episode type of thing. But uh, last couple minutes here, Wardy, one weekend of preseason hockey is already in the books. And I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about this until opening night. The Mm. first thing that comes to mind for this season that you're looking forward to? So I'm, I got to watch Guelph play this weekend. That was really nice. That was nice in air as well. Nice mm-hmm. tribute pregame on, after a very unfortunate incident that happened there. I mean, terrible situation that happened. So condolences to the family and their Centennials hockey club. That's for sure. But uh, nice, nice ceremony they had there in air. And that was a nice situation too. Nice game in air. But, uh, the Guelph Storm really stood out to me. Um, Braden Bowen, Braden Bowen's gonna have a massive year. I mean, I think that his year is gonna be very good. Or Bowman, I think that uh, he had a big he had a big weekend. Um, I think his growth is gonna be big. Jake Carabella is gonna have a big year as well. But I think Guelph's gonna be low key, like very underrated. I think Guelph's good hockey club, and uh, they really stood out to me. And also, we had a really and. You know, it's preseason, and on Labor Day, Sudbury, Ottawa, it was 5 nothing in the final, but we had a very spirited tilt. And I, you know, I don't, get, I don't encourage it, but everyone that knows me knows I'm an old-school hockey fan, and I think there's a time and a place, and I think that we still need the good spirited fight still in the game. Um, we need to be able to police ourselves. And I think another thing too, that really turned off fans last year with the league is the refer the officiating calling all these questionable hits. That was that, that hurt because a lot of fans, the OHL, I would, st- I would say it still can get tougher than the NHL. I mean, a lot of spirited battles in the OHL. They're just kids. Right. And you get that, but um, Nathan Villeneuve and uh, Chris Barless, Matt, Massive spirited tilt there in that preseason game. I obviously I don't want to like I'm not hyping it up because like you don't want to hype up kids fighting, but I think there is a time and a place where that needs to be in the game. And mm-hmm. I think I think that was it was nice to see that honestly it was nice to see a spirited one, and we everyone in the arena was standing up. Everyone in the arena was standing up, and when we watched the Detroit Red Wings play. We saw some bad games there a couple of years ago. But that game when Witkowski went after Tachuk when Calgary, there was there was not an empty seat in that building. Before that there was. So I think that's important. And we saw that in the playoffs as well, right? With first hand covering the Bulldogs when you see Arbor Jack guy out there. See Every, that series against Pete's yeah, yeah. There was no, there was no reason for the that attendance to be that high for a first round one versus eight, but it was because it was spirited. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. It was yeah, and that uh, that one really stood out to me as well. I'm glad you mentioned that, but like, I, it's nice to see that. You know, it's nice to see that the odd time to see a nice tilt yeah. because I think you still need that. Obviously, you need to put. Obviously, it does need to be. Adani, Brooke. I'm not saying that go beat each other up. I'm not saying that, but there needs to be that momentum shift or a big hit. We need to have that. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to see that, especially by young players in the league come in like that. That's, that's an eye opener. You look at that around the league, it's like, oh, okay. I agree. 
I agree. All right. Uh, we are out of time for this week. Wardy, are we back to every week? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe can, next can... next Tuesday. Well, no, we'd record on Mondays again. Yeah, released on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, six days. All right. Yeah. Okay. It, you, you just heard it here on the OHL and 60 podcast. We are back week to week. And we have another guest on the show. Oh, fun one. Um, I will give a hint. It's an OHL champion. Just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much to everyone who tuned in. Thank you again to Michael Misa for joining us on the show. A fun chat with him. And yeah, we're back to every week. So with this episode being recorded on a Wednesday, we will chat again in six days. Thank <laughs> you.